0: It will be a busy Gesundheit with Jacobus this Saturday with three guests in the studio who all want to talk. First, there is Dr. Dan Young from Wyoming, also known as the Country Doctor. Joining him from the Bozeman Wellness Center will be Dr. Phil Cameron, chiropractor and applied kinesiologist, and Melissa Humner, certified health coach. Looks like fun. Join me to find out more. It's Gesundheit with Jacobus.
1: Gesundheit with jakobus Health Talk Radio,
2: integrating allopathic and all natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine.
0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. As you just heard in the promo. It's going to be a busy show. As a matter of fact, I have five people with me in the studio, four of whom I will talk. One is uh, in the background, listening, and observing and learning. But all of you, uh, it's going to be busy. A lot of voices coming your way. But that's fun and exciting, actually, because everybody has a story to tell. Good morning to the program. This is true. It is Gesundheit with Jacobus. I am your host, Jacobus Holloway. I think you're going to enjoy it. There's lots of information, good information coming your way what will make you think and uh, give you some practical tips about how to improve your everyday life. As always, I want to make sure that you understand that as we're talking with professionals in the field of health, healing, and healthy lifestyles, it's not our purpose to diagnose, treat, or cure. The purpose of the show has always been information, education, and hopefully some entertainment as well. So always make sure you check with the guests after the program set them an appointment with them or go to a physician of your choice learn on the internet from the internet from books magazines that are out there just become the best educated person you can be so thank you again thanks so much for tuning in today uh strap in because it's going to be a lot of noise and voices and information coming your way let me introduce you first to the man who called me and said let's do this again i'm coming to the t- coming to town And um, and we're going to bring some other people from Bozeman on the show. That is Dr. Dan Young. He has been on, I think this is the fourth time he's with me on the studio. Dan is a second-generation naturopathic doctor. His clinic, Country Doctor Nutritional Center, serves the nutritional therapy needs of over 4,000 people per year. Dan is the author of Your Personal Guide to the Ultimate Healing System, 18 Steps to Achieve Optimum Health. And his work with Practice Blueprint has received national recognition for continuing education for practitioners. Now, Dr. Dan Young will come to the Gesundheit Nutrition Center after the program. He will be there from about 1 to 3 this afternoon to meet and greet and sign copies of his book for all of you who like to know. If you like to know more about this man, also called the Country Doctor, go to his website, countrydoctor.com. Nutritionalcenter.com, Country Doctor Nutritional Center.com. If you like to write down the number for his office, it's 307 Wyoming, Cheyenne, 307 634 2464. Dan, it's good to have you back on the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me back. Yes. I love being here.
0: All right. Next one, uh, Dr. Phil Cameron. He has been in practice since 2005. His formal education began with his study of engineering at the Colorado School of Mines. Here, he discovered he didn't want a career that focused on machines and computers, so he transferred to Springfield College in Massachusetts. Pursuing a career to focus on people and athletes, he earned a Bachelor of Science degree in sports biology. He continued his education at New York Chiropractic College, where he earned his Doctor of Chiropractic degree. Dr. Cameron has studied the Specialized Discipline of Applied Kinesiology, receiving a certification in 2005 and his Diplomat uh, of Applied Kinesiology in 2017. Dr. Cameron has published articles related to Applied Kinesiology and he became certified in Neuro-Emotional Technique, NET, in January 2019, so very fresh. He has also taken advanced training in sports science, rehabilitation, active release technique, And applied kinesiology. He has completed extensive coursework in nutrition, vitamins, herbs, and homeopathy. Dr. Cameron's goal is to assist patients with their health challenges using the most conservative means possible, helping them to avoid drugs and surgery and obtain optimal health. His office is the Bozeman Wellness Center. Bozeman Wellness Center, located in that professional area behind Perkins Restaurant on Main Street in Bozeman, um, Edelwe- just off of Edelweiss Drive. So his phone number, if you like to write it down, 406, obviously, and then 586-3556, 586 five six dr cameron good to have you yeah,
1: you got yeah, it. Th- thanks so much yeah. for having me
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how it went this morning so uh, <laughs> well, great to have you finally on the show yes thank you yeah i've heard your name so many times over the years i know you've come to the store a long time ago when you just uh, uh well you had opened your practice and you came and said hi and you know then i just hear your name and and that's about it so i'm glad that dr dan said let's uh Let's get Phil with us on the show.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate it. This is
0: good. wonderful to be here. Good, good, good. Professional setup, eh? Yeah, yeah. very nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, next one. Melissa Hamner. Melissa is a certified integrative nutritional health coach. As a result of her own health journey, she has an intense belief in the body's ability to heal when given the right support. She loves working with individuals with autoimmune and gastrointestinal disease, And helping them return to a state of wellness. It's really good because uh, autoimmune diseases are on the rise. Otherwise, she works with a wide range of health concerns. Currently, Melissa is attending the School of Applied Functional Medicine. This allows her to serve clients at a much deeper level, taking a functional medicine approach to wellness, partnering with them in the quest for real answers and supporting them through the healing process and witnessing their achievement of optimal health and truly thrive. In short, educating, inspiring, and empowering her clients to achieve wellness. And she also is at the Bozeman Wellness Center with Dr. Phil Cameron. And that number is sort right behind Perkins in that professional area over there on off of Edelweiss Drive. And that number is, indeed is 586-3556. Thank you.
3: Thank yeah. you for having
0: me. Yeah, you bet. Is, you bet. This is exciting. It is <laughs> it will be just let me let me know that at eleven so, yeah. <laughs> this was exciting. <laughs> and then we have one more person in the studio who came up with Dr. Dan from Cheyenne. Her name is uh, Becca Mayo Harrison, and uh, she uh, I don't know a whole lot about you. this kind of came spontaneously, but just have fun to have you. She has done a tremendous amount of weight loss. Um, she lost over ninety pounds, and I did see that you're very active and social in the social media and uh, sharing your story. Good morning to you, Becca.
4: Good morning. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, you bet.
4: <laughs> <laughs> or letting me join. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. Anytime you want to say something, it's all good. So we have, um, we have, let me see, all these introductions. Isn't that fun? So we have some interesting uh, topics to discuss. And um, uh, Dr. Dan, I sure. thought, you know, you have written your book. And I thought maybe you want to talk about help us out When you are talking to patients, um, what are for you some of the key principles to the healing mindset? Yeah. So it is a mindset, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: Thank you so much for for touching on that. You know, it's... There's... uh, there's a lot of time that we spend in education, right? I mean, it's so many people and they're Googling everything. They become cyberchondriacs right? And they yeah. come to you already knowing what everything is going on, right, yeah. Doctor Phil? Yeah, they, yeah, they already think they know all this stuff about them. So, information is at a you know a high level, right? People can plug into this stuff all the time, and the problem is, is that 90% of it isn't worth having. Mm-hmm. And so we, before we ever ever have somebody even come into the clinic, from the standpoint of com- becoming a client we always spend time in what I call front-end education, front-end communication, right? Where we spend a lot of time on helping them understand the five key things that regardless if it's chiropractic, if it's applied kinesiology or nutritional therapy, um, you know, coaching, there's five key principles that they must have a grasp on and understand that that's kind of like standing on foundation for their optimal health to ever be restored in the future. So, So what we've done is we've just created a like a clinical orientation program that we try to share with other offices around the country, that's part of that national education program for the practice plan. Right. Is that it doesn't matter the modality. What matters is, is your client prepared to heal, mm-hmm. right? And so the first principle, which is like paramount, is that they need to understand that getting healthy is a process. It's not an event. I see, and unfortunately, we have a, a mindset in this country where if I take the pill for the ill, I'm healthy. If I don't have a symptom, Small. I'm healthy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I don't, you know, if I'm not manifesting this, if it's not presenting a certain way, I must be healthy, right? And the reality of it is, I'm always reminded of that story about Jim Fix, who started Runners World magazine.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. about him. Yeah,
2: dropped was... dead at 44, completely yeah. asymptomatic, mm-hmm. no presence whatsoever of what modern medicine suggests is illness. No symptoms whatsoever. Hmm. Cthud, right? Out running. Yeah, yeah. So, so the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. That's the first thing people need to understand <laughs> is that when you have the process, it's not an event. Right. And so I tell them right up front, it takes three to six months to get stable. Yes. It takes one to three years to get well. And that's with some other components in place. Right. Consistency trumps perfection. A lot of times we'll be working with clients and it's like, Oh, I can't follow your program. And it's because they built up in their mind. If they miss one like food log date, right. Or if they miss one set of tablets or if they miss one appointment, then they can't be in engaged in, in improving their health. And that's not true truth either. It's a process, not an event. Process. So, so yeah. timing, right? So I love sharing that with people right up front, regardless again of the modality, because that way, as us practitioners know, if you work with thousands of people like we have over the years, You have to buy time. You have to buy time in the client's mind. Now, oh, by the way, within the first five to seven days, you're going to notice a difference. You're going to see a shift. You may see some changes, right? You may see less of the expression of of stress, right? Which is a symptom, by the way, is it's not disease. It's an expression of stress, lack of performance, right? That's what it is. There's no such thing as disease. In the modern conception that people are thinking of, there's always an expression of lack of performance. So that's the key one. Yeah, is process not an event? Interesting. You have to stay. That's that's the first key. And there's four more. Yeah. Do you want me to keep going or you? you guys are chime okay in on that. that? Him, uh, yeah,
0: chiming. But sure. We'll, we'll I mean, doesn't more. I mean that makes I mean <laughs> you no absolutely. That that, yeah. Let's let's go through it because it will it's, be. It's important because I think we all to discuss. We all want
2: to be on the same page, right? You I know. mean, there's no such thing as one modality better than another. That's not, that I'm in my viewpoint, right? What What is better than other, is educational points for the client. Yeah. What's going to keep them, what's going to keep them with the process long enough to really achieve maximum results? That's the key. Mm-hmm. And if you can place their feet firmly on that foundation of mechanics and dynamics... Which is my big thing, and Becca wants to puke a coat hanger because she's heard nothing about but <laughs> mechanics and dynamics. Mechanics and dynamics, but it's th- but you know truth is truth, right? I yeah, call it sure. MD now. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, trying to I'm trying to abbreviate it so flip it in there. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, if you don't have your feet as a practitioner firmly planted on the mechanics and dynamics of your office, then you are not projecting and the impact, the ripple effect and the impact that you can have in your community is going to be greatly diminished. We see it all the time. We talk to practitioners from all over the country, and these are the things that we, that's one of the things that we have to make sure that they've got a foot planted firmly on both pieces. If yeah. they have that in place, the modality will take care of itself.
0: That's good. So part of it is also attitude. Yeah. Yeah, attitude yeah. is a big thing. You have, to, yeah. you have to kind of put the compass uh, towards where you're going to go and yeah. then chime in. Yeah. Do it. Mm. Okay.
2: So, process versus event. You want to talk and about quit? the next ones? Sure. Why not? There's yeah, only two fine. reasons why the you get you some time. You got oh, you got six minutes. Great.
0: Yeah. No, you got more than that. You got ten
2: minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. You got ten so, minutes. So right don't here. let me dominate this thing now. You know I will, Jacobus. We've we've done this before. Oh yeah. So the second key principle that every client needs to understand, regardless of the modality, is that there's only two reasons the human body becomes ill. In their mind, mm-hmm. an expression of lack of mm-hmm. performance. One is the absence of something that should be there or the presence of something that shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Now, modern medicine says, modern medicine says that, and they agree with that, right? The problem is their approach. The approach is, even if you go to Mayo Clinic and go through their amazing two- and three-day entry and they bring you in and they take you through all this battery of tests and it's very impressive and very thorough and very sterile and all this other stuff, right? At the end of the three-day entry to Mayo Clinic, they have one of two options to give you a drug or a procedure. Mm -hmm. They have two tools, and that's it in modern medicine. That's why it's such a miserable failure. We spend $3.3 trillion in this country for disease management, Mm -hmm. not cure, not correction, not alleviation, not removal. Management, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what we need to understand. One out of every four of those dollars, by the way, is for type 2 diabetes, which is 100% correctable. But you have to get into the mindset of the person. Yes, Right,
0: in order to correct it. Mm -hmm.
2: So the absence of something that should be there, the presence of something that shouldn't. So either a scalpel or a drug deficiency, right? If you're not sleeping, Dr. Phil, you need an Ambien. Right, you have an ambient deficiency. Obviously, an ambient deficiency. Yeah, right. Claritin, if you're sneezing. <laughs> yeah. You want to go hiking with your new daughter or something, right? And you're out yeah. there sneezing. Right yeah. Now. So you clearly have a Claritin deficiency. <laughs> exactly. You know. So and I and I say that tongue in cheek, but that's really. I mean, it's that's how it is approached. It's the, this. Right. It's 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 a it's helping people escape from the this that approach to healthcare. Yeah. Well, if you have this, you must need that, and that's all. And that's all they offer. Yeah. Right. And so this is much more extensive. I know Dr. Cameron, I know Melissa, I know Becca, I know you, all of us, have experience with literally hundreds of approaches, Mm -hmm. literally hundreds of different approaches, right? I call it structured flexibility. Mm -hmm. The structure of evaluation can be identical regardless of the modality, but you have to be flexible within that to meet the person's individual needs. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've learned clinically after 20 years, is that that piece, number two, they have to be educated on. They have to get rid of coming into the office saying, my... My asthma flared up. No. First of all, quit taking ownership of something that you don't know anything about, right? That,
0: that, <laughs> yeah, that's impacting your health in a negative way, right? Quit, sa- quit talking that way, yes. first off. yes, yeah. And,
2: uh, and let's, let's find out, what, is, what are you doing? What circumstances do you keep recreating mm-hmm. that pattern of stress in your life mm-hmm. that's allowing the manifestation of lack of performance, yeah. period? Mm-hmm. It's all based in performance. And the more we all start talking, I think, like consistently and congruently about these things Mm -hmm. in a manner that educates people, the more people, it's kind of like the matrix, right? All these people are plugged into this, like this system. Yeah, they're like, the more people we can unplug, the better off we all are, right? Uh uh So, so that's number two. Okay. You want me to keep going?
0: Can, can yeah. we
4: hop back to the process versus event real quick? Oh, sure and just yes, break please. it down for the listeners? This is Becca. So yeah this is Becca. <laughs> for, so for example, if your car breaks down, your expectation is that you will take it to a mechanic and the next day or the next week they will return your car back to you fixed And so what happens is is you guys have your patients come to you with the expectation that you will fix them in a day or a week as their car gets fixed mm-hmm. right? And so what he's explaining is that it's not an event, a single event that just occurs immediately. It's this process that we go through. Mm -hmm. Just to kind of help the listeners like separate that. So our expectations are realistic.
0: Dr. Phil, uh, you wrote some articles, some blogs, and one of them is uh, The Body-Mind Connection, in which you are explaining that, you know to to say what you uh, Becca are saying mm-hmm. is indeed the uh, we we look at it as an isolated event, but we don't always understand that uh, how our mind and our emotions work mm-hmm. is um is so detrimental, can be detrimental to our health because the body simply expresses symptoms wherever the weakness is, right? So whatever yeah. is the weakest link, that's where it comes out. So if it's the heart, it comes out to the heart, whether gym Fix, yeah. for example. So if, the if body
1: it, never does anything accidentally. Right. It's always a, a response to either a stress or an adaptation from stresses that have been going on for a long period of time. Dan used the example of asthma, you know, coming up, flaring up. Sure, you have the symptom of having a hard time breathing, you know, you feel short-winded, but... What has been contributing to your body to get you to that point is the biggest question. And that's what we like to answer.
5: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. What yeah. is the underlying possible thing? And yeah. as you wrote in that article and some of the other uh, articles that you have, you really, um, uh, it, 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 there is so much that we don't know and don't understand. And what we're trying to figure out about the body and the mind, yeah, and how it, how these things connect and trigger each other back and forth. Uh, the vagus nerve, for example, is has become a more and more mainstream um, a terminology. The vagus nerve mm. to understand how the body can affect the mind and the mind can affect the body. And um, I I simply see that when I talk to people in at the Gesundheit nutrition center. It, I, many times I say, it's not about you buying a vitamin. It's, uh, we need mm-hmm. to understand what's going on. And many times we find it is a stressor, it is a traumatic brain injury, it is uh, abuse, uh, some kind of a traumatic event that happened at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, people tell me, uh, you know, I, I ask them, so how long have you been dealing with this? And they say, 12 years. I said, what happened 13 years ago? Right. And the times when people literally just break down and, and realize that, you know, this is maybe a time to talk about it mm-hmm. because it's all the life, the world keeps spinning, right? Even when yeah. somebody dies, we would love to have time to grieve the loss of that person. But we can because tomorrow the sun goes up and we have to pay bills and we have to take care of the funeral and we got to get closure on this and move on. And we don't have time beyond the funeral to really accept maybe if you're the spouse or a child, um, you you don't have time to process. And th- so we have, to, we have to stuff it somewhere. Mm-hmm. And at some point it's really going to affect us the way we uh, act and act out.
1: Yes, absolutely. The, the mind is such a interesting component to everybody's health and a lot of that has to do with our limbic system which is sitting on top of our brain stem and all of your nerve pathways constantly going from your body as you're taking information in travel up to your cortex so you can process it and then travel back down have to pass through this area of your body and if there's too much of a stress pattern in that area those signals get short-circuited A lot of people don't really understand applied kinesiology and I try to make it quick when I'm explaining it in that it's functional neurology. What we're doing is using a tool, which is manual muscle testing, to evaluate and see where there's a breakdown in the body. So as we're looking for those breakdowns, one of the areas that it comes from is definitely the mind and the emotions and we see constantly that affects the structural system of the body that affects sleep, that affects adrenal glands, hormones, biochemistry, you name it.
0: Yeah.
4: It's like a domino effect.
2: Totally a domino effect. And yeah. there's a lot of science behind what you're talking about. When you go back to Goodhart and Bairdall and things of that nature, like kinesiology, maybe we'll have a chance at some point maybe have you explain a little more that this is not sure. focus, pocus. this is not. <laughs> I mean, they're teaching <laughs> right. kinesiology yeah. in this form at University yeah. of Wyoming, uh, it's sports mm-hmm. kinesiology manual muscle movement things of that nature studying muscles in motion under stress is there's a, it's a huge built-in biofeedback yeah okay. absolutely that's exactly what
1: it is biofeedback yeah using basic sciences
0: all right we have come to the end of the first half hour here we have a full house today i never had it this full i think uh, dr dan young dr phil cameron Becca Mayo-Harrison and Melissa Humner are my guests. We're going to talk more to Melissa when we come back. Stay tuned. We will be right back. So, Dr. Dan, um, great points already. Good explanation. Everybody? Everybody. 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 So, number three.
2: Number three. uh, Where's the stress? What's causing it and how to clear it? If you do not have the answer to those three questions, you do not have a solution. You have a Band-Aid. And that's where modern medicine, uh, with a pharmaceutically driven model, goes off the rails. It's a merry-go-round for these people. They take one drug for a while, they feel some symptom suppression, only to have to take another drug to treat the symptoms and the side effects of the previous drug, and it becomes this vicious, vicious cycle. And so become... that's
0: almost what we discussed with yes, the body-mind. It's, mind, it's yeah. the same
2: thing. So, if, so the, the, the key point in number three is if you don't know where the stress is, what's causing it, and how to clear it, then you don't have a solution. So, for example, in kinesiology, using you know applied kinesiology, you know, nutritional kinesiology, whatever the term is, the goal, the outcome of that biofeedback exam is to find out, do we have scar tissue somewhere on the body suppressing the immune system, allowing a parasite to live in the pancreas, and that's why they don't respond to medications anymore. I see. Right? He's right. laughing over there, but he knows <laughs> yeah. he's probably had cases <laughs> whose bodies told him that very scenario, that in our world, that's very common. Right. Modern medicine world, it's unfathomable, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know, because we've seen it prove out clinically time and time again, that the, uh, when you address the cause, the symptoms go away. See, modern medicine says, if you keep keep having strep, you have an antibiotic deficiency. So let's just keep Mm -hmm. pumping you full antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And the stress continues to elevate. We know from the way traditional care is and how these bodies are actually designed that when you support the immune system properly up or down modulate it, cause sometimes it needs down modulated, not just up regulated in recurrent immune system problems that when you take care of that, the symptoms of bacteria, pathology, you know, protozoa, you know, funguses and viruses, these things disappear. Amazing mm. how that works, but that's, see, that's by design. That's not by pharmaceutical mm. intervention. That's by design. If you, so you work with the body instead of doing things to the body and that's why kinesiology is such a profound you'll get the answers where the stress is what's going what's causing it and how to clear it and then you educate that person properly as to the the process that they're going to have to embrace for a period of time in order to restore function to the body and get off this mindset that this is a disease or an imbalance you know and the, or or oh, jacobus you're just getting old right that's why right, you that's a key yeah that's, that's, a, that's you, know, a key, you yes. just you, or it's your <laughs> genetics right yeah and that is really the big thing right now, too, even in our realm, is this methylated vitamins and nutrition, things of that nature. The reality of that is, though, is that 70% the Genome Project proved this, that 30% of the illness that you experience in your lifetime has anything to do with genetics. The other 70% is diet, lifestyle, and stress. Mm-hmm. And that is within your control if you're properly educated to take control of it. Yeah.
0: So, it's pretty much when you have diabetes, they say you should have been born without two legs because right. we're going to take them off anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And where's
2: the rationale in that? Yeah. What's
0: the rationale in that? <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Melissa, you are just nodding your head the whole time. So, you agree with everything that's being said. Do you want to add something to this?
3: Well, uh, yeah, I do. Simply because what you're talking about around becoming well. Is a process, not an event. I work with mainly autoimmune clients, and that's something we have to talk about at the very beginning. You know, this isn't going to happen in a week, in three weeks, in three months. It's going to take a while, and you have to be patient with your body. Mm -hmm. But as a coach, that's the part that I love the most, is being able to walk with them, help them through the process because you know when you're looking at what you need to do to become well from say ms yeah it's a journey and often when people come to me they're really ill and when they look at oh my gosh i have to do all this stuff it's too much and they don't even want to go there
0: right that's a very good point it seems like too steep to climb exactly but there is light at the end of those those sunshine and they can't the
3: even see the sunshine you yeah. know when they begin yeah that's my favorite part because I get to walk beside them to show them the sunlight, to show them how to get there, to walk them through the steps, so that when they get discouraged and I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't do this, this isn't working. You know, we're three weeks in, nothing's happened. Mm-hmm. Let's keep going, we're yes. doing everything right. Yes. Let's just keep going. That's my heartbeat to be able to walk beside people as they become well.
0: Yeah, and you yourself had a battle with uh, MS, right? Is that right, right? And but so- they told me. Yeah, they didn't just tell you. What did they tell you?
3: So I didn't have any lesions on my head or, you know, on my brain or on my spine yet. But all of the other gals, save two in my family, had MS. Oh, so really? they were like, "That's what you
0: got, hun." And they said, "Get your house ready for a yeah. wheelchair." Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I had three small children. I was like, "Oh my gosh, how am I gonna, how am I gonna take care of them?" Yeah. I blame this guy, Dr. Cameron, for helping me get back on my feet, literally. Many thanks to him.
0: So okay. were, what's that? I was happy to help. Well, That's of awesome. course. But was it uh, was it for you? Were you already moving towards a walker or wheelchair or anything like that? Yeah?
3: I was just too stubborn to do it yet. Ah. I was hanging on to the walls and anybody who would walk beside me.
0: <laughs> wow.
3: Hmm. Kind of crazy.
0: It is kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I get to
3: be completely normal
0: today. Hmm.
3: I get to live a full life. Well,
0: do you think the diagnosis was wrong? I doubt it. Well, if they didn't see the lesions, what uh, what do you think it may have been?
3: Um, well, later, as we found out, major gluten sensitivity. I had quite a few things going on in my body, bacterial issues.
0: No Lyme disease, no Lyme?
3: <clears throat> no. It tested me for all that stuff. Lupus. Hmm. I just feel darn lucky.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, but you also took the time to work on it, right? You, you. I had to. Yeah, I you kind of changed your focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, the I, definition of luck is laboring under correct knowledge, right? So I think. <laughs> thank you, Doctor Phil, for putting her on you know, that
3: that luck. Path. All right, there you yeah. go.
5: <laughs>
3: you know, I wanted to be able to dance with my kids at their weddings. You mm-hmm. know, and at the point, you know how I was going, it wasn't going to happen.
0: Wow. Well. Well, Doctor Dan, let's move on to number numero four.
2: Well, this is the one that Doctor Phil and I, and anybody who knows anything about using kinesiology as an evaluation tool, just this is like right up our alley. every single person has their own blueprint. The body has that blueprint, and it has access points everywhere, and they're very easily accessible. And it's very science based. As I hope, as we talked before the break, that you know. Dr. Phil can kind of give us some background on the applied kinesiology part. I love, you know, George Goodhart, Alan Berard, what they did for the industry in 1960, starting mm-hmm. the school, right? And, and it really just opened up people's eyes. And I really just I love chiropractic. I, I have I owe a tremendous amount of respect and love to the chiropractic profession because if it wasn't for that being brought here in 1895, there's a lot of modalities that out there today that people are getting benefit from that wouldn't be around because of that. So that's that's really you know, just, I thank that profession a lot.
1: Where does it that. come
0: from? You said 1895. D.D. Palmer
2: brought it here. D.D. Palmer brought the, the... From where? Where was D.D. from? Do you remember? No,
1: I, no, yeah. he was originally from Canada. Well, okay. Canada. Yeah, and okay. came down to I- Iowa, okay. which is where he developed yeah. um, chiropractic. He was a magnetic healer before he got into um, using adjustments. He would use magnets to you know, help move energy in the body. Yeah. And, uh, and a learner, he was a school teacher. He did a lot of interesting things before, you know, becoming a, a doctor of chiropractic. The first yeah. one,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah.
2: so the body's blueprint, the neurological exam, the biofeedback—it never lies. It will always reveal to you where's the stress, what's causing it, and how to clear it. I see. So that you can identify either excesses or deficiencies, and then put the purpose, person on the proper process mm-hmm. to heal. So those those are always connected. Yeah. They're always connected. Very hmm. simple, but very profound in its impact on the people that you work with.
5: Hmm.
2: Which leads you to number five, and I'll quit hogging everything over No, here. no, no. You're <laughs> good. I mean, but it is, it is,
0: these are interesting uh, points because... Every, every the...
2: layperson needs to understand this. They have to be grounded in this stuff. And right. you have to use the right thing, right order, in the right amount exactly. for the right amount of time. Exactly. That's number five. That's right. So you have to do the right thing, right supplement, right adjustment, right right? Environmental distressors. right? NET program, whatever it is, you have to identify what is the right thing that this person needs. This is no, you know, pharmaceutical medicine suggests that it's a cookie cutter approach. You get 25 people that have allergies, you got 25 claritin deficiencies, right? <laughs> so, but that's, we know that not, that's not true. I mean, real healers, right? A real healing modality knows that that's, that's not true. And so you have to do the right thing and in the right order, that nervous system will reveal in priority, What layers of stress we want to address first? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and how to go about that? And then you have to use the right substance or or approach, and you have to do it for the right amount of time. And you can actually, through a neurological exam, figure out this is going to be like a three to four week process minimum, just in this one layer of stress. Do you understand that? And that is your part in this.
0: I heard from consistency
2: is Trump's perfection. That's where the other education piece comes into, and the mind of these. Of, of our clients, they've been suffering. By the time they get to us, they've been dealing with stuff 12 years, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So we're having to position them instantly to understand this is a different approach. It's going mm-hmm. to work, but you have to be patient and consistent, put forth exactly. the effort. You don't have to be perfect. Yeah. But you're going to, and this, you're this one thing, we're going to have to do the parasite thing earlier in the pancreas, right? And the mm-hmm. scars suppressing the immune system as a result, allowing the parasite to be there. Yeah. They might have to do, you know, 10 to 12 rounds of this you know, for days and then take 10 days off, and they might have to do that six times Mm -hmm. to really unravel that stress, right? Mm -hmm. And so everyone's different, and with the neurological exam, the the kinesiology that we use, uh, it's able to reveal those things to the person. And it makes sense once it kind of clicks. It makes sense to them, and they, they embrace those five principles, those five pillars, and when they have that down and we remind them of it constantly... Right. Then we're actually empowering those people Then, when they don't, they can't see, you know, Melissa or Dr. Phil or me or you at the, you know, at the Gesundheit Center, right? Mm-hmm. They can't coach with Becca for whatever reason. They are empowered to stay on that path for the rest of their lives. That's how powerful that is.
0: Yeah. So, the, the, uh, and we, we probably should explain to people what applied kinesiology is or muscle testing. It's, uh, um, uh, it is a confusing topic for some, for a lot of people. A so lot of understand. People. Yeah. <laughs> <hocus> <laughs> focus, um So, tell us, uh, maybe Dr. Phil, whoever wants to talk about it, um, what what really happens here. I, I can I can probably tell what I know, but I would like you to explain it, please.
1: Sure. Well, I'm a diplomat in applied kinesiology. I'm the only diplomat in the state of Montana, and. To become a diplomate, you have to be a member of the International College of Applied Kinesiology, you have to go through a certification exam, you have different requirements, you have to publish a few papers. And what that International College of Applied Kinesiology does is it creates a foundation and a framework for really overseeing the, the skill and the technique of applied kinesiology. and a lot of people think that applied kinesiology is just pushing on an arm, and that is the, the farthest thing from the truth you would ever ever see. So uh, when we do applied kinesiology, we're looking for the response of the body to a manual muscle test, which we put a body in a certain position, and we test specific muscles, which, but to do that, we shorten the muscle, putting it in its shortest, strongest position and then ask it to hold a contraction. This is different than doing a strength test where you start with long muscle fibers and you shorten them, you know, seeing how much weight you can move. So as we do manual muscle testing, that's going to tell us a lot of different things. So when I go through an examination, I'm looking at lots of different muscles in the body to see where you're not getting the right signals. And when we find that area that's not getting the right signal, we have to ask the question, why? why isn't it getting the right signal and that can be from a structural problem that can be from a physiological problem that can be from a breakdown in the um energetic system of the body the mental emotional and the acupuncture uh you know ways that the body works so as we look and we find that breakdown we need to then do different testing to see what's going to change it to see which one of those um Structure, physiology, you know, mental, emotional is actually causing the problem. So to do that, we stimulate the body using sensory stimulus, like touching or tasting or smelling or vision or hearing or movement. And then we go back and test and see if anything's different. And if something's different, we go, aha, cool, we just changed the body. And that's a neurological change. And we need to see if that's going to be what corrects the body to keep that signal firing or it might just be a layer to the problem. And that allows us to kind of give this clinical feedback where we test, we correct, we retest. If it's still working, we say, great. If it's not working, we say, well, why isn't it still working? And then we go to the next test and on and on. And as I practice, I work through a neurological and physiological hierarchy where I know that certain things are gonna have a bigger overall impact on the body than others.
0: Yeah, but I wanna slow you down for just a Mm -hmm. moment. So a person comes, a client, a patient comes to you to the office. Do you start right away with uh, let's stand over there or do they lay down or uh, you say let's test first what we need to test on your back because I'm a chiropractor (laughs) so I'm going (laughs) to Gonna crack your bones <laughs> yeah. at some point, right? <laughs> so no, only gonna, if the body
1: needs it. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: no, but no, I mean, but, you, but no, when do I, when you do it
0: afterwards after you kind of set the spine and work on the hips and arms and shoulders, whatever you need to work on. And then you say, okay, I feel the body is physically aligned right now. Now I want to talk to the body. No, no,
1: absolutely not. Muscles move bones. Bones don't move muscles. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. So we yep. have to make sure that the muscles are firing appropriately, which that's a neurological function. Mm-hmm. So we have to always evaluate the muscles before we ever correct uh, structural issues going on in the body. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as you correct the muscles, the muscle will then relax and or tighten, and then it'll move that bone right mm-hmm. back to where it was supposed to be in the mm-hmm. first place. So uh, when someone comes in, you know, the first thing I do is listen to their story. Just like Dan says, everybody has a story and the body doesn't lie. We want to see, you know, what their story is and how long it's been going on and what their symptoms are telling us because the symptoms are just painting a picture. The body doesn't ever do anything haphazardly or by mistake. The body's response, whether it's high blood pressure or blood sugar issues or, you know, skin rashes, the body's trying to do something because of a toxicity or deficiency or that's it right (laughs) (laughs) too much or too little you know it's up or down right yeah and we have to you know listen and understand that these symptoms are you know describing what the problem really is so we always go through a history we always go through you know examinations you know first you know just a, a basic uh general examination like a, take in, exam- uh, like a, like a written
0: taken also Let well yeah do- there's
1: absolutely you know uh people you know again writing their story telling me their story you know we're feeling their story as we go through we check blood pressure we check you know, different reflexes we check you know all the vital signs and make sure that we're not you know dealing with an emergency situation something mm-hmm. where oh you know, this is going on and you know we do blood work we do lab tests we do things that you know we want to You know look to see if there's things that we can't tell by touching the body yes you know yeah so it's a big picture it's all a picture and it's all just telling us you know more about this person's experience
0: okay mm-hmm. and then and then and then because and i have seen people stand and say lift your arm and then they lift the arm and said is your name jacobus uh, <laughs> no so arm comes down oh yeah it is jacobus and then right. arm stays up uh, sure. resistance so yeah, is sure. it always done with the arm or no absolutely not
1: no we use um individual muscles we can use you know um there's 22 muscles in the shoulder i test all 22 to see you know which one's not firing if you have a, a shoulder issue or we mm-hmm. test the different muscles in the neck or the I leg see. or the hips or you know the core muscles, ah. so so we can test all of them. You know we can test the, the muscles in your fingers to see if they'll hold a contraction.
0: Yeah, you know? because no. I have people come to the store that do their own muscle testing. They either press two fingers, or yeah. they, they make little circles with their index right. finger mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. their thumb and yeah. interlocking, right? And, or they press mm-hmm. their, uh, the 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 thigh muscles and. <laughs> You know, whatever. They just do it themselves. Yeah,
1: muscle testing yourself is a dangerous game to play. (laughs) It is. It absolutely is. Well, that is interesting because Mm -hmm.
0: I thought that you're much more in tune with yourself than that a practitioner is in tune with you. I I have heard of people say with kinesiology, you kind of need to balance yourself first with the individual so the the body will actually talk in a balanced or the same level with the practitioner who's doing the actual testing. Right. So they use magnets or they, they drink water or just to get yourself balanced. Yeah. But I too often see people, you know, they even come to the store and said, do you do muscle testing? I said, yes, but I'm not on you. I'm not going <laughs> to stand here because yeah. I don't have the training. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is something you're going to have to do for yourself. Right. You know, some people uh, hold a bottle in the arm and yeah. in, the, in the hand on the heart, mm-hmm. hold it on the heart, and then they f- see if they fall forwards or backwards. Right. And, that is a way for them to test and uh, right and
1: and what you're looking at when you see those things and they do happen mm-hmm. right you know you'll see people you know move forward move backwards you'll see you know the circle in the fingers break or you know the arm go down and what that is is a response in the body what right. that response means is a very good question yes you know some people will tell you oh if I fall forward that's a good response you know I should take that supplement yes. well a lot of times it's been proven over and over unless your nervous system is what we call switched. Yep. And now you're telling yourself that, oh, I should take this, but you really shouldn't be. And that's where, you know, working with a professional becomes so important because we have to look at the whole big picture, not just whether the muscle test, you know, is working or not. Working. Hmm.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm sorry. I was, giving, <laughs> I was giving Becca the evil eye because uh, she's blocked, right? And I, do I don't so like... I don't like the self-testing approach at all. Mm-hmm. I, I mean it's I mean you. it's it's very it's very tedious process. I just don't even like teaching it to people. I don't even like them knowing about it. Right. Um, you're now competing with now you're going to they're mm-hmm. going to come and tell you this is what I need, right? Yeah. You never want to create that scenario ever.
1: No. And you know, yes, you're looking for responses, you're looking for appropriate changes within the body, but you have to be very careful
2: about knowing what that change is. And, and we have to be on programs properly in order to do the
0: work he's talking You guys about. can talk about it all you want. We're going to take a break for the news. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Uh, we were talking in the um, uh, talk about applied kinesiology. I want to go into that, but I I want to hear another voice. Uh, Becca. Oh.
4: Yes, I actually have an example I would love to share,
0: um, because for anyone who's new to—is that people, the one where Doctor Dan said, "Please don't give that example"? No. That the
4: yes, one? that's the, no, that's not it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the long walk back I'll, to Cheyenne. I'll save that <laughs> for the end of the show. <laughs>
4: no, but I was just thinking for anyone who is new to kinesiology, when you're first introduced to it, um, you're kind of trying to wrap your head around it, and so. Um, one thing that we've done in our clinic that kind of can help people understand it a little better, how things can affect the, the nervous system and causing those muscles to go weak is that if we have them demonstrate uh, their muscle at strength mm-hmm. and then have them hold sugar in the other hand and then do it again, they'll go weak to help show them that So that they can actually feel that experience.
0: Do they know what they're putting in their hand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tell them.
4: So okay, what, if you don't know tell, that, what if you
0: blindfold them?
4: Well, you could do that too. But I think kind of the point of it is that we all know sugar is not good for us. Well, but actually right. so feeling that, the physical shift right. in your body yeah. just by holding it I'm just is wondering. really powerful. That's a good question.
0: Yeah, because if it could be a yeah. matter, right? I mean, oh, sugar is bad. Oh, that, that is matter.
4: a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. should try it blind- blindfolded. Blindfolded.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Put a gold coin in one hand yeah, <laughs> and a silver coin in the other. <laughs>
4: Blindfold them and say we're just going to run some experiments.
2: And they both <laughs> might know we metals are toxic to the human body in that form. <laughs> yeah. So you you know. <laughs>
0: that's true. Oh, no, but that's good. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Mhm. Just Mel- an idea. Melissa, yeah. as a health coach, do you, since you work in Dr. Phil's office or uh, with him in the office, you, know, you work independently or do you work, uh, I, I don't know exactly how it works because you are a health coach. Correct. You work with people and you mm-hmm. work with gastrointestinal disorders is what you like mm-hmm. to work with and with uh, with uh, autoimmune disorders Mm -hmm. and uh, was it that uh, one of you was talking about Crohn's disease somebody has Crohn's was that with you or was it with Becca Becca. Becca. yeah
5: Yeah.
4: my mom actually has
0: Crohn's and that is kind of why you got started in the uh, in your health field Yeah, yeah I didn't
4: even realize it but my journey started at the age of nine when my mom got very very sick now this was 25 years ago, so they didn't know what Crohn's was. So when my mom got sick, she obviously went to the doctor because that's what we're all taught to do.
5: Yeah.
4: And um, so for me, from about ages 9 to 11, my mom was pretty much in bed. And so there would be some days I wouldn't even really see her unless I went into her room. Yeah. And so as a child in very formative years, watching my mom go from doctor to doctor to specialist to specialist and get sicker and sicker, I did not grow up with the, the mindset that doctors know all and that they have the answers to everything. I grew up with the mindset that I'm confused. I thought they're supposed to be, you know, making us better and they keep making my mom sicker. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so that, was, that always stayed with me. And then in my 20s, um, I was on a very unhealthy path and I was overweight Decided one day, okay, I'm done. I need to like make a change in my life. Completely turned my did like a 180 on my lifestyle. Lost 90 pounds. Um, went through a bit of my own health crisis as I went right as I as when you go through dramatic weight loss like that, you tend to stir things up in the body, right? Yeah. So things that had been kind of. Um, developing for several years but then as I'm losing the weight brings them to the surface my body starts working on healing I go through some healing crisis yeah good point and I go straight to a nature path yeah. because I knew I'm not going there I know I saw what they did to my mom right and so that's where I kind of and then um, it sparked this passion in me and um, yeah found Dr. Dan and Country Doctor Nutritional Center and just very, very passionate about sharing that message and positioning the body to do what it's naturally designed to do.
0: Your weight gain, mm-hmm. was that a result of uh, your sadness about your mom or confusion about medicine, or was it uh, frustration I about it was, relationships you were in with people? Or it what was, was a, it?
4: It was a combination of things. I don't think it was one thing. Um, I grew up, I grew up in a in a. I grew up not really eating vegetables or real food. I had every drive through menu memorized by the age of ten. My no. my parents were. I was an only child, and my parents worked a ton, so our dinners consisted of, consisted of hitting a drive through on the way home. So I so I sort of had these patterns before I was even an adult, and then as I you know obviously through my twenties. Just kind of yo-yo dieted, so trying to get the weight under control, but then always somehow ending up weighing more than I did before I started the diet, right? Right. I think everybody's kind of familiar with that, Um, aside from, you know, life in your 20s tends to knock you down quite a few times, Mm -hmm. and depression, anxiety, I'm sure partly also fueled by a poor diet. Yes. And just really not on this good path. And so I don't think that it was one thing, but I think there was several things contributing just in my life at that time. And then I just reached this point one day, and I'll never forget it, because I had my first son. He was six months old, and he tried to grab a cookie I was eating. And I thought, well, you can't eat that. And then I thought, oh, like, if I really want my kids to be healthy, I have to make a change. Mm -hmm. And it just something clicked. And someone like five or six years earlier had said to me, you should never eat something you wouldn't be excited about feeding a small child to nourish them. Mm. And that's it didn't click in the moment. Like, I understood what she was trying to tell me, but it wasn't until like, Those five, six years later in that moment, it just like clicked and something shifted in me. And I just the next day said, okay, we're Mm -hmm. making a change. Now, with that being said, I want to be very clear because anyone who's struggling to make a change, it's not like I woke up the next morning and it was this nice, easy journey and (laughs) I'm going to eat really healthy and it's Mm going to be right. No, it was definitely difficult. It was a process. It took me a while to let go of certain things, right? Right. Um, it, it, it was definitely a process. It didn't happen overnight, but I just had this motivation that I never had before.
0: Huh. Wow. That is uh, that's really something. Yeah. The um, losing weight that quickly, you mentioned earlier, uh, you ended up with certain therapy or stuff came out. I, mm-hmm. I know, and I think we all have heard that fat holds on to both yeah. hormones, imbalances as well as emotions mm-hmm. so that is what you're talking about when you when you were losing the fat and were you also exercises on top of that were you doing uh, that's were you-
4: a great question yeah because before i lost the weight i actually worked out with a personal trainer for six months and i didn't lose a pound in fact i didn't even change sizes I was, I always say I'm, I was less squishy, <laughs> okay. but I didn't actually lose weight or change sizes <laughs> because I didn't change what I was eating. So I was kind of like stacking muscle on top yeah. of fat. Correct. Right. Uh-huh. And then in that, when I finally fast forward, when I, you know, changed my diet, um, I had a baby, money was really tight. I did not have a gym membership. So what I did was I really just put everything into focusing on what I was eating yeah. and I would take my baby and walk. I would just walk. So I didn't do anything intense, but I would make sure I was getting that physical movement. But it was a really good lesson for me that the food really is the majority of it, and the the exercise is the support to that. It's not the, right? How many Mm -hmm. people do we know are killing it in the gym and not achieving their goals because they aren't adjusting the food
0: as well? Plus, many people are emotional eaters.
4: That is well. So yeah, they, they, that's part they, of it as well. Yeah,
0: and so then you you work out really hard, but mm-hmm. then you eat whatever you want to eat. Uh, mm-hmm. The amount of people who I see that after a workout and really like you're dripping sweat, mm-hmm. and then go out and have a uh, hot chocolate and a donut. Yep. literally, they go across yep. the street to the do- to the coffee shop, and that's what they have mm-hmm. to uh, to to fix themselves because that's what they want right now, and they feel I deserve it because mm-hmm. I burned. A 1,500 calories, 2,000 calories in the last mm-hmm. hour and a half. So I got to put them right back in. The body's craving it. Absolutely. Yeah. I should
4: add as well that I am a sugar addict and I would go on binges. Yeah. And so getting those under control and and, and developing ways to manage and process emotions and not trying to stuff them back down. Um, like one thing I've always shared when I've done coaching Is that as babies, we are taught from day one that, right? When a baby cries, what do we do? We feed them or we coddle them? Yeah. Well, as a, so we're trained from day one that food is a way to stuff those feelings back down, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're not gonna get coddled as adults. Mm. And so we don't even realize that subconsciously we've been trained since day one that that food is a way for us to stuff those feelings back down. And so connecting those dots and realizing that I need to learn how to process and release emotions and not necessarily just try and stuff them back down. Now, I will say this because I've I started my weight loss journey six years ago or over six years ago. Um, so I have kept the weight off for several years yeah. but I but I didn't I, my binge eating came down gradually.
0: Mm-hmm. It
4: wasn't like a so I still struggled through their binge eating. Up until about um, my last time that I binge ate was two over two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, but I did it like less and less and got it more until you know what I mean. So again, I just want to reiterate that it was this process and it didn't happen overnight.
0: I see. <clears throat> wow, that is really uh, that's very interesting. I I wonder. You know, it it is amazing when I see before and after picture how your face has changed. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're smiling you're smiling on the picture when you were heavy uh-huh. but it's a whole different smile yeah. than yeah. what you have today yeah. yeah it I can just see that um uh, in in many ways you were not happy with yourself the way your life was going, and that gave Mm-mm. you enough motivation to mm-hmm. uh, and I saw the picture some of the pictures that you took of yourself
5: mm-hmm.
0: on the internet how you changed when you lost the first thirty pounds. And, you know, when you start, you just don't know where it will come off, right? You don't know if it's coming mm-hmm. out of your shoulders or is it uh, where it's – yeah, let's see here. Perfect. Or if it comes out of, your, uh, out of your abdomen or out of your shoulders or out of your thighs mm-hmm. or your buttocks, it, 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 we don't know. Mm-hmm. But you keep going the journey. Now, how did you know that – you know, what's always interesting with weight loss, when does the body stop? hmm because why does it say, well, we got to lose 90 pounds? I mean, I don't know what you weigh right now, but the point is that could you lose another 10 pounds or would that become unhealthy? When does the body stop losing weight by itself?
4: For me personally, I'm not looking to lose any more weight. Um, I, do, I think a common question people ask is, what weight should I be at or what is my healthy weight or when should I stop? Or, and for me, the answer has always been when you feel comfortable and when you feel good about yourself. Right, because at the end of the day, I think the most important thing is that we all feel comfortable in our own skin. Yes, and, com- and right, and that we can just enjoy our lives. Mm-hmm. What the the point is really not about how many pounds I lost, but that I wasn't enjoying or living my life, and now I am. I it's see. night and day difference.
1: Can I chime in on that? Yeah, please. Bit. So people ask me also, that question. Dr. Phil, you know, and um, I hate weight as a topic of conversation yes. yeah. because it's just a yep. number. Uh, I like to call it a set point. When your body's losing weight, you're looking for an optimal functioning where your body has enough calories to burn for the activities that you're doing. You're putting the right stuff in to nourish it and then your body can then use that nourishment to allow you to live your activities of daily living. Yeah. And each person's body type is different based on you know what they have to do, how long they have to do it for. And I don't ever think there is a right number. There's just a the right function. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. such a good
4: point.
0: Yeah. It's way true. Yeah. yeah because it goes, depends how you feel. Yeah. All I'm right.
4: also, I would just add real quick, I'm actually like 20, 25 pounds below where I ever like my dream weight would
0: be. That's amazing. So
4: it wasn't even like I wasn't the, I wasn't that I was trying. This wasn't my goal. I just kept eating healthier. Mm-hmm. And my body just kept making adjustments.
2: And it's also important to point out too, because I've watched—I know in watching Becca, and I know that the doctor Phil and Melissa will, will concur with this. I know you too, as, as well, Jacobus. That you know when people come to us and they say, "Here's my concerns: allergies, weight, and insomnia, no energy," right? And they list these things out, and we as practitioners know that that's not the problem. The problem really is at the core. What have those things taken away from you in terms of the quality of your life? Mm-hmm. That's what you have to plug into. As mm-hmm. if, and it doesn't matter, again, going back to the you know the top of the first hour, the modality is not the issue. The issue is restoration of performance, mm-hmm. right, and the quality of that life restoration. So all of those things that people come in, they do the symptom surveys and they list all that stuff, and it's great intake, and it, and it makes sense. Yeah. But at the core of that is, what are you going to gain back by not having those things in your life? What has that stolen from you? Mm-hmm. How has that kept you from performing the way you want? Are you out there on the basketball court with your, with your grandkids like you want to be? Or you, know, you don't get rid of asthma for the getting rid of asthma's sake. Yeah. You get rid of asthma because it's keeping you from doing things in life that you desperately, dearly want to do. Yeah. That's why you get rid of asthma. Mm-hmm. And that's the other reason. You have to plug people into that and get that anchored for them. And that's what pulls them through the tough times. That's what pulls them through filling out food logs every single day for six months, mm-hmm. breakfast, lunch, dinner, beverages, and snacks, and adjusting gradiently, getting them there, right? Mm-hmm. That's what pulls people through.
0: That's a journey. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, we have a few telephone calls. I don't know how many we get in. Now, the person in Cheyenne, good morning to you. What's your name? How can we help you?
6: Good morning. My name is Craig.
0: Hi, Greg. Is it with the C, Craig?
6: What was that, sir?
0: Is it a C, Craig, or is it Greg? Craig. Craig. All right. I know this guy. Oh, boy.
6: Yeah, Dan and Becca know me.
0: <laughs> okay. Good hey, morning Craig. to you. Thanks for calling.
6: <laughs> well, it's my pleasure. The The question that I, I, I was going to bring up is, what are some of the, the best ways to start changing and working on your diet? I mean, you know, like... <clears throat> I have a lot of trouble with I like sweets and I like carbohydrates. How can I start working those out of my diet?
4: Can I go first? This is Becca. So what I would say is the very, very first thing you should do is spend some serious time figuring out why you want to make those changes.
5: Huh.
6: That makes sense to me. (laughs) What do I do once I figure out why? (laughs) I mean, you know, the big reason that I I want to is because, you know, I'm I'm carrying more weight than I used to carry. And uh, I want to lose the weight. But I also, I want to do this because I want to become more healthy than I am.
4: Oh, good Mm -hmm. for you, Craig. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things you can do. I think getting that why is the very first thing. Um, because things naturally happen after that yeah. and, and, um, you know, obviously getting a good coach, getting a good plan.
2: I can put, I can turn you on to a good coach, Craig.
4: <laughs> I also, this is just like a quick tip, but hibiscus tea huh. I have found is very helpful in, um, when you're kind of detoxing from coming down from sugar and carbs, hibiscus tea can help with that. I'll even make it and ice it like in the summertime and have it just ready to go in the fridge so that if I get that afternoon headache because I just went down on sugar.
0: Let's do this. Uh, we have a hard break coming up. Uh, Greg, if you want to, you want to stay on for five minutes through the break or you want to call us back? Um, I, I can stay on. Thank you. Let's do that. Folks, we will be right back. Stay tuned, please. Craig, good morning to you. Thanks for staying on during the break.
6: Oh, it was my pleasure.
0: We were talking about you said, What can I do? What is the best way for me to cut out sh- carbs and sugars? And uh, we were well, talking about. Well,
6: to start the process, because I know it's not going to happen right away. I wish it could, but I know that, uh, you know, the way that, that I eat, I live with a Italian that loves his pasta and, and <clears throat> all of that. And so. It's just a little bit difficult to cut it all out, and I was wondering if there's a way that I could start to reduce it on a gradient basis rather than just trying to slam everything stop.
0: Yeah, uh, so, well, I don't know. You want to continue talking about this, Becca? I know you can. You can help him. I have some thoughts about it. Too. Yeah, I
4: think yeah. probably everyone in this room has several <laughs> recommendations they would make. Well, I, I um. find
0: I find out that uh, when I talk to people, also for myself. If I consume, start consuming more of the food that I actually should be eating, Mm -hmm. I am feeling stuffed enough that I don't crave the carbohydrates anymore. Mm -hmm. And I I like to compare it with uh, with a fireplace. If you have a fireplace and you burn wood in the fireplace, you can take logs. Mm -hmm or you can take paper. Paper is made from a tree, so it's a wood product. So you can put uh, paper in in the fireplace, but it's not gonna burn very long. It doesn't heat up the whole house, and you really cannot walk away from it because it is constantly asking for more paper. Now, if you put in some logs, then you're talking about your proteins and your fats. They burn much slower. You can actually, they build a beautiful fire, they heat up the whole house, and you can actually walk away and get some work done around the house. So that is kind of an analogy that I like to use, Craig, because I I find and and then if you have if you burn oak or pine or maple or ebony wood, whatever you want to you want to burn in the fireplace, it all burns a little bit different. And so we have different proteins and different good fats that all digest very slowly. They all have their own speed and they all do something different for us in our body. But I do find that if we actually nourish our body more with the proteins and fats and fresh vegetables that automatically the craving for uh, the craving for sugar will go out the window because you're you're stuffed and you will be stuffed for hours. But if you you skip eating and you don't eat your proteins and you start out with a bowl of cereal in the morning or a piece of toast, then it you already been sleeping all night and you maybe had a shower, so you feel refreshed. You're ready to take on the day. And then we have a tendency to be so much in the mind. We know what we're going to do that day. The agenda is full, so we just start walking. We just start going. Going to work, doing the things we need to do, and we kind of forget to eat. So we grab a waffle or a piece of toast or a muffin or something on the way out. And then all of a sudden, three hours later, we realize oops, we didn't put the fuel in the tank and now you grab the quickest thing that you can get your hands on which is usually a carbohydrate nobody has time to to stop and get the grill out and defrost the meat and slap it on the uh, on the grill and then wait 2 hours for it to get to the cells so we just need something right now and the quickest thing to get Going is to eat anything that is a carbohydrate, which turns into a sugar, because as soon as that taste hits the tongue, it goes straight to the brain, and the brain says, okay, I'm satisfied again, Uh, keep going. And and meanwhile, our body cannot handle all those carbohydrates and stores them in the fat cells and is asking for insulin to process it, and we get diabetes and hypoglycemia. So that is it in a nutshell from a nut. (laughs) <laughs> that was a
4: great analogy, too, <laughs> oh, okay. with
1: the fire. Yeah, I'd, I'd like Perfect. to add one more thing there, if you yeah. have another second there, Craig. It's, it's a choice, right? Everything we put in our mouth is a choice. And like Becca was saying, a lot of times it's the why you're putting that in your mouth that uh, becomes the biggest question to answer. But yeah. when we realize that it's a choice and you can choose if you're going to eat the donut or you're going to eat the you know, chicken, you know, it's you know, whatever you decide is going to make the, the biggest make the yes. difference. Yes, are you yeah.
4: eating for purpose or pleasure? Yep. Yeah. And we are a society that is obsessed with mm-hmm. eating for pleasure. Definitely. And so shifting that mindset so that when you go to eat, you're thinking, is this for purpose or pleasure? So if I'm going to eat for pleasure, it's going to be not every day. And it's going to be when I know I don't have anything coming up for the rest of the day because I know I'm going to be tired yes. and not have a lot of energy.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the beautiful thing about too is one of the things that we learned from Becca a long time ago is that food logs are an amazing way not to be punished for what you are doing, but for revealing to you what's missing, exactly. right? Which is what Dr. Mm-hmm. Phil, when yeah. you said that, that reminded me of that as well. It's is powerful. Mm-hmm. It's, it empowers the person. We never use food logs to punish somebody. Oh, don't eat mm-hmm. that crispy cream donut and yeah, you know, I, quit I, eating <laughs> it. You, you know, because that doesn't get anybody anywhere, right? Yeah, it's not empowering. But I if agree. you show, Hey, you're only eating one piece of fruit a week. And you're only eating three vegetables a week. Why don't we try and up that to three a day and one a day? Let's just—I mean, let's gradiently identify what what is your willingness to put forth the effort necessary to restore yourself back to health. And it's not overnight; it's not an overnight process.
0: Our smoothie is a good way to start the day. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, smoothies. Some people say they put a bunch of fruit in the smoothie with water, and then they call that a smoothie. That it's not. It, it, I would say a smoothie is a good thing, but you want to make sure maybe you can just do lettuce with water and then put some protein powder in it, uh, two or three scoops of protein powder and put in some coconut oil and some uh, fish oil, flax oil, almond butter So get the fats in and get the proteins in. Um, I I like to make a shake that I take with me to work. So then you can make 32 ounces and you put in some liquid multivitamins and liquid calcium magnesium, and you can put in some cinnamon powder, which is good to balance your blood sugars. You can put in some different oils, as I just mentioned, and then you put in some lettuce. And because everything that you put in actually has its own flavor, you don't need extra fruit. But if you want to put some frozen berries in there with it uh, for your own flavor, then that, that is fine. But the thing I like about smoothies is that uh, you can put anything in with a liquid or a powder, and there's so much available these days, and then you take it with you to work or wherever you go so that you drink eight ounces several times a day. When you feel the craving, you just take something that contains all these proteins and fats instead of just, you know, and then you can still have breakfast, and maybe you have some eggs and sausage for breakfast, and then you go out, and you're, you're filled And then when you get hungry again, maybe by 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the morning, you take eight ounces of that shake that you made, and then you have lunch, and then you take eight ounces in mid-afternoon if you get hungry. And in that way, every time you put something in your body, it has primarily proteins and fats, or fats and proteins, and then some carbohydrates. And I think you're going to find out that if you really still crave a piece of chocolate at night, it's... uh, You know, then this is the end of the day if that's what you want to do. I'm not saying you have to, but you will literally find out that if you do that, what I'm just telling you, and you drink enough water, maybe 60 ounces, 64 ounces, if you can do that during the day, have some coffee or tea, whatever, I think you're going to be, you're not going to be hungry for sugars for sure.
6: Great. Thank you. I don't want to take up any more time. I want to allow the other callers to get in.
0: Well, this was finally a chance for me to say something because I've been pushed aside over here.
6: Yeah. (laughs) in the corner. (laughs) I was just going to
4: add that we like to add in our smoothies, we have uh, superfood at the Clinic at Country Doctor Nutritional Center, which is like concentrated um, greens, right? Mm Superfood greens that are just an excellent way to start the day. And it's, yeah, like 70% protein. Yeah. And then get a nice little veggie
0: boost. Yeah, energy Excellent.
6: boost. Vegetable protein is better than uh, the uh, no, it's not the, true. Like
0: no, it's not no. not true. No, if you, uh, I think whey absorbs very well. Whe good whey protein from mm. grass fed cows is very popular. Some people don't like whey uh, because they don't have a lactose intolerance. But the whey is extremely low in lactose. It's a lot, most of it has been taken out. But you can do egg white uh, now. There is the collagen protein that is very well absorbed uh, for a lot of people. It's something you can try. But if you like, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan and you feel you want to do a, v- a vegetarian protein, that is fine. You just got to make sure you get a complete protein count and you get some extra B12 with it. Do
2: so you capra mineral wave jensen stuff
0: do you do capra oh you know, no i i the, used the to have a move for us oh okay yeah it's good right. stuff yeah Oh, okay so all right well thank you very much
6: i appreciate all the information
0: good luck to you craig thanks for the call bye-bye thank you Bye. all right melissa i'm so sorry we just keep cruising here through the show <laughs> health coach what is it? How, how is it to work with you? What how does that go about? Tell tell me, uh, people make an appointment with you at the Bozeman Wellness Center, and now they come in, and you do. How do you approach their questions? Uh, give us an example of questions that people bring to you.
3: First of all, I want to say I love questions because Good. that is how people can learn the answers to what they're most interested in. Yeah. So, um, questions are awesome. Uh huh. So when i when I have a client that comes in, we use a complete health health history, we use a symptoms questionnaire, we also use a timeline to get and any recent lab work, if they have that, to get a really good picture of what they have had go on. And then in our time together, we discover what is there what are they experiencing now, and then discover where they where do they want to go? Where do they need to go? And this all happens in the initial consultation and um, we get a really good sense of what it's going to look like, what their path is going to look like to achieve their goal of whatever wellness goal that they are wanting. Um, And at that point, it's, I encourage them to ask as many questions as I have, simply because most of the people that come to me are quite ill. They've seen a lot of different practitioners They're so confused. They don't know which, you know, what to do first. I see, Uh and and so we do a lot of just clarity and teaching in the in the very first um, session. Yeah, and then we decide together what it looks like for working together. Is it going to be a three month program to begin with? Often people start out with a six month program, especially if they come in with something like. Uh, Crohn's or um, MS, colitis, MS. Mm-hmm. Somebody with MS would probably need at least six months to just begin. We'll probably need another six month uh, program to finish, or more, whatever. the The one thing that I like to really make sure that they understand, though, is that we can't rush this process. We have to follow what the body needs, mm. and sometimes that takes time, like a lot of time, and like the other folks have here have alluded to, it's a mindset too. You know, you can work with the body, but the mind has to also be following. So, you know, it's a full body, full process that we go through. Um, Like especially somebody with uh, fibromyalgia, a lot of times that's a long road back to health, but um, they can do it. Mm. I just finished with a client um, two weeks ago that she's, one of her um, closing comments to me in our final session together was, I feel like I can live life again. Mm -hmm. Whereas before she was um, in a really bad place. That Mm -hmm. was not how she felt about life. She's excited about grandkids and starting her own business and she's just growing and and becoming this person that Mm -hmm. she didn't know she could be. And she's in her 60s Mm -hmm. and I'm so proud of her work. But yeah. that's what can be accomplished when you work with the body, give it time to heal.
0: Uh, fibromyalgia is a complicated issue in one way, right? Because uh, there is different theories about what it is and where it comes from, and uh, that some people have said it is an aluminum toxicity because of a magnesium deficiency, and you need some um, you need some pectin to in order to remove some of these uh, these heavy metals, um, but there is also a book that I read that says that, in his opinion, and he's been a medical doctor for forty-one years. In his opinion, fibromyalgia is suppressed anger, and he says it is. You look at it, and I have let people read the passage of his book, and you literally see him nod their head and said, "Oh my God, yes." And they have had some traumatic experience or so things just didn't go the way they want it. And they constantly keep hitting these doors and they get more angry and angry and angry. And so that memory is in their muscles. And every time they even think about it or they get exposed to it, they tighten up just a little bit. And eventually that turns into a fibromyalgia. And so he is talking about that it really has to do with too much adrenaline in the body and too much cortisol. And that needs to be, we need to help to balance that. It's very interesting. And uh, it, is a, it is a great process. Is, is any of that something that you felt has come out with your work with people, that there are these traumatic events that need to be worked through and be released?
3: Yes. And, but I would like to look at it at a diff- in a different way. Because when, when we work with a client, or when I work with a client, we follow what the body needs. Whether it turns out to be toxicity that's at the base of it. Whether it is, um, you know, a traumatic event, which for her, it was. Mm -hmm. It started from a really bad situation when she was in second grade.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
3: And one of the biggest wins we had is she began to speak her truth. Yeah. And it began to switch her. From the fight or flight to the rest and restore. And she learned to practice that throughout her days. Mm. But um, as to your question about trauma and about anger and suppressed anger, I've seen that a lot in other autoimmune conditions. It's like people can't let that out. Correct. Or everything that's is it. stuck yeah. in their body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, that's one reason <laughs> why I really value working beside Dr. Cameron because he's able to use the NET technique to really help release that. And that can open the door to healing that they never thought could happen. Yes. Does mm. that make sense?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that's really interesting because Dr. Phil, if I can ask you to join in on this. Yes. Um, if you you have somebody come in with a, a pain, an ache, a pain, back pain, neck pain, pain, uh, Pain in the ass, so to say. Uh, is he that kind of doc? <laughs> I'm just curious. Well, whatever muscle he's testing. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll find that sphincter muscle. It's very true. <laughs> no, but if you um, if you don't know where to start, but Melissa is working with somebody and say and says to you, um, I I really have felt in my initial intake with this person that. That is this trauma that mm-hmm. is sitting there. Do you then? Does that? I'm sure that helps you to to do the kinesi, applied kinesiology uh, to to test for specific things. probably speeds up the process, wouldn't it?
1: Um, it it does help to definitely get feedback and understanding about where a, a person's coming from. But the body, I, I'm never at a loss for what to treat. Right. The body's always telling me right. what needs to be treated and. The emotions are a huge part of chronic disease, chronic pain, things that have been going on for a long period of time. And the neuroemotional technique is a uh, branch of applied kinesiology where we look at hidden emotional traumas. We call them neuroemotional complexes that are stuck in the body like you're talking mm-hmm. about. And it's not just anger. It can be fear. It can be um, Shame, shame, grief—you yeah. know—low hmm. self-esteem, vulnerability—you know—all these emotions that we all have all the time are just ways that you know we're trying to process our environment and our situation that we're living in i mean emotions are designed to protect us really yeah i mean you don't want to be walking down the trail and think that there's a you know bear that's going to jump out behind the rock you know without being aware that oh he might be there i should get my bear spray out right
5: yeah yeah, you know so that
1: fear can be very important for us to be able to survive but if that fear gets trapped in our bodies now your nervous system is in a sympathetic fight or flight state all the time if your nervous system is constantly looking out for that bear, you know, you don't have the give in your nervous system to allow your body to calm Mm -hmm. down. So your body's just staying, you know, in that pain all the time over and Mm -hmm. over and over again. And we hide it. And that's where, you know, when you talk about, you know, hidden anger or these different traumas that have gone on for years and years, Mm -hmm. your nervous system is suppressing the conscious thought of it because you don't want to be consciously thinking about the bear but your limbic system, your subconscious brain, is always thinking always. about the bear. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, a huge problem for a lot of people's huh. health conditions and one of the reasons why I found it very important to study the neuroemotional technique and really help with these chronic cases to really help them get over it.
0: Wow. How,
4: how do you determine if someone needs an ET?
1: Well, there's a very specific reflex that uh, we check for in the body. So uh, doing applied kinesiology, I'm often starting from a weak muscle where, you know, say you've had a chronic back pain and you have a, uh, you know, let's say a, a weak hamstring muscle uh, or a weak hip muscle, and, and that's contributing to your back pain. So you touch the reflex that relates to the emotions, which is across the forehead, like you go, oh my gosh. You know, you put your hand on your forehead, right? Well, those are where the emotional reflexes actually are. And if that actually strengthens the weak muscle, that tells me now I have an emotional issue that I have to consider is causing part of this problem. Hmm. And then we go into, you know, dealing with that emotion through the NET
0: process. I see. Yeah. Hmm. So then the person has been tested by Dr. Phil and then comes back to you, still working with you. And that helps you then to, set up a protocol oh, we gotta go it uh, looks like <laughs> at the end of the hour uh do you then start a protocol with the person uh, based on that or how does uh, shall we talk when we come back i would like to understand how we do the next steps certainly okay cool all right so stay tuned for hour number three with these four guests we will be right back In the very first hour, we were discussing Western medicine that has a place in our society. There are gifts that Western medicine has brought us. However, the approach to actual long-term healing and building the immune system to make us stronger on our own is not well understood in West, Western medicine and not very well applied. It is very much band-aid work and medication coming up with the idea that we are somehow lacking medication, we are lacking surgery, we are lacking the therapies that are being proposed. We have to look, what we're discussing over here today on the show is the approach that we are a body, a mind, and a spirit, and we need to work and balance these together. If you're only in the spiritual level, what you consider spiritual you 're not balanced, and uh, if you 're only working on your physical body and working out like a maniac, you're emotionally not stable uh, many times and if you're not if you 're just working on your own psychology, you may not be able to to be successful in in other relationships uh, and other things that you're doing to your body, so we simply need to learn how to find a balance, whatever that balance is for us. We're all individuals. We all have our own blueprint, as we mentioned earlier. We just need to find out what works best for us and and have the desire to be better in 12 months than we are today in some some aspect or another. Is it reading a book, magazine, getting therapy, um, um, just starting to work out, um, changing your diet? There has to always be that desire to say, I can do a little bit better or if I need to work on something in my in who I am as a person and what I express to the outside world and how I feel on the inside. And that is if I'm oh can enough.
4: I chime in? Because this is Becca. Yeah yeah, yeah. because growth can be <laughs> painful, right? Or I mean challenging. Sure sure. But sure. we always should be embracing it. Yeah. Um and it can be overwhelming. But if we aim, because I love how you said that we aim to be better right 12 months from now If every day we aim to be just 1% better, Mm -hmm. where are we at a year from now? Mm -hmm, mm I just love love that. that.
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah. To break
4: it down for each day. Yeah. A little bit each day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Good. And we're not all able to, and we're not robots, so we cannot just do things uh, simply because we put our mind to it. it. It will take... It will take time and effort and education. And mm-hmm. uh, really, it is a, it is a team spirit. It is. We, we need to, uh, we either work with a partner or we work with a friend or we work with a practitioner. Uh, we need to find a support system that uh, gets us excited to wake up in the morning and to, to say, what are we going to do next? And besides that, we have jobs, we have family, we have grandkids or we have children. We need to, uh, there are certain responsibilities. So I have learned a long time ago that fanaticism doesn't get you anywhere. That's right. So it is, you have to find that balance and no, there is no one set speed for everybody. You just like you say, Becca, Mm -hmm. uh, if you, you, you try to improve every day a little bit, Mm -hmm. learn something, read a page or something that inspires you Mm -hmm. or something that you need to understand better, just read it and start putting it into practice or making changes in your diet. Uh, These are all key some of the key principles in the healing modality right and the mindset yeah
2: and I don't, and here's the thing that's amazing to me is that people don't understand how dynamic and powerful that is their their attitude is it can't be that easy it can't be that simple you mean you want me to hydrate and eat veggies hmm. and this is going to somehow have a lasting impact on the fact that i have you know alzheimer's yeah or allergies Mm -hmm. or rheumatoid arthritis or fibromyalgia Mm -hmm. and the reality of it is is that all of those things that are named this is what I'm really trying to beat the drum on with not just lay people but practitioners stop reinforcing in people's minds that rheumatoid arthritis is a disease Mm -hmm. it's a symptom of lack of performance Mm -hmm. every single time Mm -hmm. allergies Mm -hmm. high blood pressure Mm -hmm. kidney failure You know, we didn't have dialysis centers in this country until uh, modern medicine suggested that taking aspirin every day would be a good idea. Mm -hmm. We have two in Cheyenne, Mm -hmm. busy all the time. Mm -hmm. Because when you take from nature the safeguards that were with the white willow bark and you remove that (laughs) primary substance and you feed it to the body over and over and over, it plugs up the filtering tubules. But if you don't give it just the, the white willow bark by itself, it doesn't do that. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it can really truly be just that simple Mm -hmm. and that dynamic and have that lasting of impact on people's lives, Mm -hmm. but they have to embrace it and do it and have to experience it. They have to do it for themselves over time. Yeah. You know, when does a baby walk? It walks when it's ready, but it doesn't walk at two months old. It doesn't walk. Sometimes not six, sometimes a year and a half, you know, but the baby walks when it walks and that's how the body restores.
0: Well, it is funny uh, that you bring that one up because as parents, there are plenty of parents who yeah. want to see, they can't wait for to see the that baby to, walk. to walk. walk. So they put them in these walkers and it's like, they're not ready. You know, just, right. they'll get yeah. up, they roll over, they sit up, <laughs> they fall over. You know, when they're ready, they have 90 years left to walk. You know, yeah. just give them the time.
2: And my doctor told you me might I as well have-
0: drive, put them in the car and give them the license before right. they're one years old. Exactly.
2: <laughs> my doctor says, I have this it's like, no, your doctor's wrong. You don't have this. You have an expression of lack of performance. That's what you have. Mm -hmm. And quit beating the drum on, I have allergies. I have asthma. I have rheumatoid arthritis, right? Mm -hmm. Get off of those kicks and start educating people properly because if they're not standing on the right foundation Mm -hmm. and understand the mechanics and dynamics that they can take control and get back healthy again, they're never going to get there. And then they're going to go to their friends and family and say, oh, another thing that didn't work. Right, That's Because right. they're not properly yeah. positioned. Yeah. They're not being properly positioned to mm. have it be the response
0: they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just my That's humble good. opinion. Very good. Well, we'll leave it right there.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, we were talking at the end of the last half hour about you working with people, individuals, and then um, you work with Dr. Phil Cameron, at Boseman Wellness Center and he is able with his uh, be a diplomate in uh, uh, applied kinesiology uh, to help you to perhaps let the body express where the the possible causes the deficiency the uh, the excess and then you have this information then how does it work then so now all three of you have insight in what's going on with the per- all three of you I mean also the individual who's working with you then how do you approach that from there on out as a health coach?
3: I love that you said all three of us because the client is the most important mm-hmm. piece of yeah. this equation mm-hmm. and their level of knowledge and understanding is so important. Yeah. Um, so after they've been able to go through an NET treatment with Dr. Cameron, during that treatment, um, they're able to clear that emotion um, and it may, you know, These things, especially if they've happened years and years ago, we've got layers of protection around that incident or those emotions or that anger. And we have all these reasons why we want to keep it. You know, usually it's a defense mechanism. But as we work together to really let, uh, facilitate the body being able to let that go, when the client comes back to me, We just continue on the same path, Mm -hmm. you know, keep working with the body. What they need next, you know, first, second, third, we just keep doing the same thing. And often those layers are going to need to be peeled back again until we get to the real bottom base issue. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, The collaboration to be able to work with. Me to walk beside them as they process this stuff and, and, and come through on the other side.
0: So we son, I've heard, I've had talked to people who are a health advocate. Mm -hmm. That's different than a health coach. Is that right? I mean, a health advocate kind of helps you to navigate your, navigate you through the system, uh, help you get in touch with certain doctors and what does it explain? It isn't that Mm -hmm. a health coach is really somebody who you can talk to on a regular basis and, uh, and, and who is guiding you as a coach yep. uh, to warn you for possible problems that may occur uh, as you go on your health uh, journey or will encourage you when you feel down and um, give you tips, right? That is that is what a health coach is doing.
3: Yeah, and using the information that we gather in our sessions, that's all part of the healing path for this
0: these people. You bet.
3: And it's part of the care path. Mm-hmm. Um, so using the information, especially like lab work, We can see, you know, different things like, you know, low vitamin D or, you know, different deficiencies in the body Mm -hmm. using the um, symptoms, you know, something very simple. Do they need more magnesium? You know, just very simple things like that. Yeah. Um, And working through, but a lot of it is lifestyle choices. What are we going to do with why you got here and how you got here? How are we going to change those patterns?
0: Right. Now, I, I would understand that if somebody comes and works with you, they will be completely open to your suggestions, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't come to you. <laughs>
2: exactly. Right? We make that assumption, yeah. yes. From- oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> and if not, you grab that muscle and you tie it behind the back and lift it up a little higher. Right? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, settle that muscle once and for all. Um,
3: but I really like them to understand why we're doing what we're doing that's a huge part of education for the client going forward simply because if they just like I have people that come in with bags of pills that they've taken for 20 years they have no idea what they're for yeah, yeah. and to me
0: goes the same for vitamins yep.
3: exactly yep.
0: yeah I talked to people said bring your bag bring your box bring the bottle don't put it on exactly. a piece of paper I need to see what you're taking exactly. and how many and why. And half the time they can't explain they why can't they're explain taking it. it.
3: Mm-hmm. So we go through that. Education is huge. I want mm-hmm. them to know why they're doing every single thing. So that when they walk forward and they're finished working with me, we've finished a program, they're where they want to be. Then they know why they did everything. So if something comes back up, something resurfaces, they know what to do about it. Um and they're not lost. They're yeah. not left without the knowledge that they need to address that in the future.
0: Right. Hmm. Interesting. Uh you want to share some client stories, Doctor Phil? Well, I'd be happy to. Well, you—you—that's what you go yeah. down. Yeah, sure. I'm—I'm mean, <laughs> I'm kind of a dummy without uh, without anybody giving me any hints. So yeah. <laughs> you got to sharing client stories. Uh-huh.
1: Well, it's always hard, you know, without context. Or you know, sometimes it's easier when you know you want to know uh, something about you know a specific you know problem or um, condition that has been treated before. I always tell people I don't treat problems or conditions. I treat people, and mm-hmm. I treat people that are experiencing those symptoms. So um, with the with the Applied Kinesiology, um, I was speaking earlier about how I use a, a system of a hierarchy where I understand neurologically and physiologically where uh, I need to go uh, first, next, and last with a patient. And um, that, you know, really... Um, I guess in, in terms of talking about, you know, situations uh, people come in again with all different stories, but it's, there's still a person, they still have basic physiology. They still have basic, you know, neurological function and structure that needs to be addressed. And oftentimes as we, you know, start to unwind people, we need to look at, okay, is the nervous system communicating appropriately? A lot of times it won't be because of, you know, past traumas, past injuries and we need to do uh, some uh, neurological reflexive work to correct that. You know, oftentimes people are very inflamed walking in the door. They got pain, you got inflammation, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, mm-hmm. bowel disease, you got inflammation, you got to get the inflammation down first if you want to get them healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes that's coming from allergies. You know, I, uh, I kind of built a practice around allergies uh, when I first moved to Bozeman wow. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you know everyone's like, oh, I gotta go see Dr. Phil and figure out what you're allergic to. Well, there's a reason why you have to figure out what you're allergic to, because if you keep putting the irritant into your body, you're never gonna be able to not be toxic. Yeah. And histamine is the neurotransmitter that affects your brain chemistry. It's a stimulant to your adrenal glands, so now you're affecting your hormones and you're affecting this sympathetic nervous system, constantly being in a fight or flight problem. You're affecting your bowels because you're creating an irritable bowel situation. Because your body wants to get rid of that toxin, so it's just going to run right through you. Mm-hmm. And if we don't address that, you know, then people, you know, just never get well. And we have to look at the immune system, and we have to look at the hormonal system, and we have to look at how their body's absorbing and utilizing those digestions, how they uh, through their digestion, how they're getting rid of those toxins. And then, what's also going on with their structure because your movement, every time you move. You know, you're actually stimulating your nervous system. We talked earlier about um, how Becca, you know, would just go out and walk. Walking is one of the key essentials to being healthy. Yeah. If Mm -hmm. we don't walk, you know, that's what our bodies are designed to do in a cross crawl pattern. Mm -hmm. And if we don't walk, we're not stimulating our brains. And uh, if you look at what's happening uh, in our society, we're a very, Mm -hmm. very sedentary society now. You know, everything that is coming out on the market is trying to decrease the amount of, you know, work that we're doing. I mean, you look at a new car, it's got a backup camera on it. Nobody has to do a spinal twist and turn around anymore <laughs> to see what's behind them. All they got to do is look forward at, the, you know, at the at the, the camera. And, and it's, a good su- one. it's yeah. such a deficiency of, of yeah. movement that's happening in our society that, you know, of course people are hurting because actually movement blocks pain. So the more you move, the better you feel. Yep. And that's a, a neurological <laughs> phenomenon.
3: So. so we're
4: eating worse and worse and then we're moving less and less. less.
0: Well, that's interesting because more and more people are part of a gymnast or gym and they go to fitness. Right. But I think the issue the fitness comes up. Help. No, fitness is not the key. Uh, it's helpful. It's part yeah. of the path, right? Part Absolutely, of the process. Yeah. But if you don't eat healthy and replenish what you've yeah. just been using, then you're only wearing out your body yep. and then yeah. you start mm-hmm. having inflammation exactly. also. Yeah. But at the same time, if you, uh, like you say, we have uh, we have more Food, but we have less nutrition.
4: Yeah.
0: Right? We have less nutrition. And if you, uh, uh, God, what's going on with this music? It's again a break. break! can't believe it. We talk too much. We need to be more quiet and listen to the clock ticking or something. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we're coming to the end of this uh, half hour. And then when we continue, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up for the day. But we have all these excesses. We have more possibilities and we have less. Uh, we have more knowledge available at our fingertips. And we seem more uneducated in things that really matter. Right. We know right. a lot about trivia. And, and those are things that, that I observe. And I just sometimes I wonder what is the issue here what uh, are we becoming maybe we're more lazy that's maybe what it is all right we're going to take a short break Uh, stay tuned gesundheit with jacobus we'll be right back good morning caller thank you for holding on there what is your name how can we help you please
7: jacobus this is joe hey joe good morning to you i was listening to the post you got the right people on today. Great. It's a great show.
0: Thank you, Joe. But
7: the reason I'm calling, I wasn't going to call. That last song you played brought that that anger in me about Hollywood.
5: Oh, yeah.
7: (laughs) These doctors, these doctors will have a lot of business because Hollywood is a destruction and the cause of half the problems that these people are trying to solve from Hollywood. Mm. I aim... At Hollywood for causing all the crime, the diet, the drinking, the divorce, the family unit, everything is on Hollywood. And when you played that last song, I don't know where you got it from. Man, it (laughs) it brought back memories. And I got a lot of memories, believe me.
0: (laughs) Oh, I know you do have a lot of memories, Joe.
7: (laughs) But anyway, you're a good man. And I just hope that uh, you live to be 100 years old to keep this program (laughs) going because it's important. To the people that don't understand what these poor doctors go through or specialists that give time to study and try to help the human being when the outside forces, like I say, Hollywood, yeah, uh, that cause drugs and everything else, is destroying what they're trying to do for the human being. Yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. have a beautiful day. Thank I'm you, I'm going to go down there buy that book.
0: Okay, that sounds great. Appreciate it. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right, my friend. Bye-bye, Jyothi. Appreciate it. Um, by the way, the book. Yes, I, sir. I, You sent me a few books in the mail, and then we still have the books that are bound. Yeah are they the same as just a different it's delivery different, or did different you upgrade delivery. it just a different delivery okay, cool. yeah because i have still some left of that yeah. oh cool cool all
2: right you know Sam he touched on it It's worth commenting on at least in my perspective is that people think knowledge is power yeah and really it's not right it's it's more debilitating than it is empowering the more we know the less people seem to do it seems right and they start playing that what if game well what if i do this and it doesn't work or what if i go to that person and it doesn't help but what if i go To to Melissa, and I can't afford to do it long enough. I mean, they start playing all these games, this mental gymnastics, instead of playing the game of let's find out, right? Mm -hmm. Come to the Gesundheit Nutrition Center, come to the Bozeman Wellness Center today and really explore, get answers, right? Mm -hmm. The reason I wrote that book was not to answer questions. It was to get people asking better questions. That's the reason we put that material together. That's There's no such thing as a book that's going to answer all the questions because yeah. you know cuz everybody's different <laughs> yeah. and everybody has different needs and their different mm-hmm. perspectives and and they have things that they need to be focusing on that are specific to them and they may be unique. They don't fit that cookie cutter mold, right? Yeah. So, you know, getting educated is one thing, but also experiencing and asking questions and and pers- and then applying what we learn, right? I mean, a bucket's not made to, you know, like education is not meant to fill the bucket, right? It's mm-hmm. just, you gotta do something with it, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's true. Good point, I, I like the way you say that. And I have to say, and this is not cliche, but I've done the show now 19 years, and the amount ah. of people I've talked to, it really teaches me there's a lot of things that I really don't know yet. Yep. And even though some people say, my God, you know so much. I said, the more you read, the more you realize you don't know yet. Yep. Because it's either, like we say, on these different levels, it's one thing to acquire knowledge about pills or vitamins or about health conditions. How do you describe it? What is it? It's another thing to say, what does this do to your mind Mm. and to you as a person, as a human being, or what does it do to your actual physical health? It's a a much more elaborate process that is not always addressed and that is not always – people are not seeking it out but once you enter that journey, it, you don't have to give up anything. You're actually gonna learn how to guide things in better lanes, or how do you call it? The, you, you make your road more clear. And
4: yeah. you gain more than you give up. like exactly. every, Like when when, yes, when they're first starting on a program, they're so focused on what they might have to give up. But, and
0: that's why we focus on that, why? Because you gain so much more than you give up. Mm-hmm. True and 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 what is going to happen is you actually naturally are going to focus your attention more on the things that make you feel better mm-hmm. and so you give up uh things even in relationships you you uh, you know I like to read Dear Abby in the, in the newspaper and so often she says you know you you try to change somebody else in your relationship it's time for you to go do your own counseling what can you do about yourself how can you become a healthier person in your emotions, in your actions, in your relationships, so that you don't keep picking these kind of relationships, you know. And it is that is also part of the process. We have the great counselors and psychologists in this town, who are who all have have gone through their own trauma. And I think many people who do psychology they often. make a joke about it they probably have their own stuff to work on but they're passionate about it that Mm -hmm. is one thing that i see they do this because they're so passionate about helping. they're so grateful that they found something that helped them and they realize now they're on the path they're not finished yet so they're learning as they go and they try to give you hints about things that they have learned and try to apply that to your life so and that is what what all of you in the studio are doing you have all had your own story your life experience that all of a sudden you say you know i can do something with this and help other people and that is uh, that's the beauty of it yeah
2: victor frankel man's search for meaning mm. nine days he wrote Actually, that book. you know all these names i don't know what these people are yeah you need have you read it oh it's he wrote it in it's nine days. It's a book days. everyone
5: should
0: read. Everyone
2: should read Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. It was about his Man's Search for Meaning? It was about
0: his experience, for for meaning?
2: Meaning. About his experience mm-hmm. in the Holocaust camps.
0: Oh, I see.
2: And surviving that and what he saw and what he experienced and how guys would go out and people would go out. They had nothing. so they would. There was people that, like, if they golfed, they would go out and actually practice golfing. They would actually go through the motions and, and, and visualize that, that to, to try and take themselves somewhere else. That's how powerful the mind is, right? And what happened was some of these people he followed that actually got out of there. And when they went back to the golf course, they hadn't lost any strokes. Oh. They were still golfing to, because they had literally were so focused on something that would take them out of where they're currently at, which is the power of the mind. Mm-hmm. And they could, mm-hmm. they would practice the putt and they would see it. They would practice the chip. They would practice the drive. Hmm. And, and he wrote that book in nine days. It was a huge bestseller. Oh.
0: If, right, if
4: you want to, on to work, work on mindset, that's
2: a great book. That's a great book to read. yeah. Hmm.
0: Victor Frankl. Yep. The Meaning, no, the search, men's for meaning. search for Meaning. Yeah. Hmm. I got to write that down. Yeah. You add it to your list. Uh, the uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got nothing else to do. Uh, so. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I always say that um, I. I don't know that I can live long enough to read everything yeah. I want to read because I always have this growing list, well, and then yeah. new books come out, right? Yeah. And then there's books from a hundred years ago still on my, so it's like I'll never get like the list is just, just
0: always growing. Yeah. Isn't it actually amazing that when you can you can read a book from eighty years ago and see the same um, mm-hmm. social problems, mm-hmm. yep. frustrations? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Nothing's it new. shows you that we have developed over millions of years. But at the same time, we're still certain we're still stuck in a certain. We're area. still working through certain things. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. We forget yeah. our we forget our past, therefore we're bound to repeat it.
0: Yeah, and 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 what we ended up in the last half hour saying that we are so, there is so much information at our fingertips, literally. Yeah, and we seem more uneducated. <laughs> yep, they're lowering the standards of the SAT. Mm. In the high schools, because they want more students to graduate, mm. you have students who can barely really use math or dumbing, language.
2: D- dumbing Down of America, 1950. You want to read that one, too. The Dumbing Down of America.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and we were talking about the hacking of the American mind. <laughs> yeah, that one, too. Yeah, Dr. <laughs> yeah. Robert Lustig, who we discussed on the radio show a few years ago with Dr. Ed Dretz. Mm-hmm. Uh, dumbing Down of the Mind. Okay. Who wrote that one, Dan? I can't remember. Come on. Is it so dumbed down that you don't remember? It's numb today. Oh, numb today. (laughs) 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 All right. Okay. What is, uh, let's, uh, well, I tell you, we have 10 minutes left. Any topics specifically? Yes. We have a caller. Oh, we have a caller.
2: And then I have a story I wanted to share.
0: It, you, you, uh, Dan, on your list of things that you wanted to bring up, which is going to be another three hours. uh yes. Top, top five stressors you must address to get well. You know you, and that was going to be my story. So. Th- see, I don't want you to get perfect. stressed. Your see, timing th- is only, perfect. You only have nine minutes left. How are you going to get five stressors? You know, it,
2: and Phil, Doctor Phil, had shared a, a story about a client. You know, earlier too, and what they went through, and yeah, and. Uh, what is wrong with your? Echoing. Head? Yeah. Really. In there. Yeah. Huh. Sounds weird. Anyways, it's stressing me, man.
0: Yeah, we don't want that.
4: He already has too many voices. Hush, <laughs> hush, hush, hush. <laughs> What? Um,
2: nine years ago, I had a yoga instructor come to me, okay, and this goes into the stressors. Mm-hmm. She was diagnosed with chronic fatigue. She also suffered insomnia and headaches. She was thirty-six years old, impeccable diet, no over-the-counter prescription medications, no surgeries. Mm-hmm. No uh, child-bearing scars like a episiotomy or perineal tear or C-section. So she didn't have the standard things that we look for in, in, in that could be stressors. We did the evaluation, case history system survey, heart rate variability monitor to check autonomic nervous system status and stress, blocking, switching, the whole nine yards, boom. It's very, very simple, very structured. When we did our evaluation, we found that she had scar tissue activity. Oh, and that was neurologically blocking her system. And wow. I said, well, where's the scar? And she goes, I don't have one. Which to that I said, if you have a belly button, I can probably help you. But if you don't have a belly button, I can't. So she's, oh, yeah, here, I got a belly button. <laughs> but right above the belly button, about this far, about a quarter inch, was this little purple pink dot. And I said, what's that? And she says, oh, I forgot. Which is how most practitioners find out their most valuable information. Right? If I can drag <laughs> it out of people. <laughs> got to play Sherlock Holmes right here. Tell me that. And I said, what is that? She goes, oh, four years ago, me and three girlfriends were in old Mexico, and to commemorate our adventure, we had piercings done. Ah. But I took it out like two years ago because it would hook on clothes, it would weep, it never felt right. You think that's it? I said, let's find out. Neurologically, it crashed her system. Neurologically, it just crashed her system. Now, here's the cool thing. For a $6 bottle of wheat germ oil massaged in topically in some low-level light therapy, in less than six weeks, no more chronic fatigue, insomnia, headaches. That oh. was nine years ago. She wrote me a beautiful letter and has never had to return. Huh. I share that particular story and have hundreds more. But I share that particular story because this is one of those stress issues on the body, like open heart surgeries, thyroidectomies, spleenectomies, right? The, the gallbladder and the appendix, mm-hmm. the Open, you know, the... C-section, episiotomy, and perineal tears. Yeah, right. For men, vasectomies and and, um, and uh, circumcision. Right. These are scar tissue that neurologically create huge, uh, can create huge interference on the nervous system's ability to perform, and it will manifest in other physical manifestations of lack of performance. Mm-hmm. And it's extremely easy to clear. You have to be consistent with it, but uh, but these are. This is just one of many examples that I could give, and I know Dr. Phil and everyone else here could as well. Of Simple things that you can do to reduce major, major expression on the human body. And the other four are foods, metals, chemicals, and immune weakness. Now, there's a total of 17, but those are the top five. In other words... Scars, foods, metals... Chemicals. Chemicals. And immune system.
0: And How can the immune those system are the top be five. As- oh, yeah, okay. Because
2: if the presence of a bacteria or fungus and it's recurrent and it's repetitive, had another gal... Um, she had 17 UTIs in one year, mm. documented, 17. Wow. Here's what the problem was. Every time she'd go to the medical doctor, they give her antibiotics. Through a simple neurological evaluation, we determined that one kidney had a yeast problem and the other kidney had a bacteria. So every time they gave her the antibiotics, one side felt better and the other side flared up. And they were perpetuating the problem by their own approach.
0: Interesting.
2: So we... Address the right thing with the right in the right order with the right amount for the right amount of time, and (laughs) she had never had one since. That was like six, seven years ago. Wow. So, and this, we, I mean, most people listen to this kind of stuff. Our conversations, they eavesdrop on this stuff, right? They think, well, these guys, this is miracles. This is miracle stuff. No, this is by design, Hmm. right? This is, and it's not new. This stuff had been around for thousands of years, right? Modern medicine's got four generations. That's 109 years. This stuff, 215 generations of recorded history hmm. who's 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 more qualified I right, in terms of chronic now don't get me wrong emergency <laughs> medical is amazing right we've had this discussion you break an arm or want stitches, don't come to Dr. Filleri right? because we're just going to say, oh, looks like you need to go get set or get a stitch. Right? And <laughs> come
0: back to fix and the then, scar. Our, yeah, and then we'll come back exactly. to fix the
2: scar and the adjustment <laughs> yeah. problems of the trauma and all that other, right? right. And then we yeah. can help you. Yeah. So, you know, chronic illness care, um, I will finish with this and then I'll hush. Um, Dr. Jeremy Caslow, who's on the International Foundation for Nutrition and Health, he's on the board, he's a medical doctor. Several years ago he was quoted as saying that if God saw fit to let everybody Wake up tomorrow morning with no food sensitivities. Here's what would happen. People would leap out of bed. They'd feel refreshed, less aches and pains, mental clarity, focus, brain fog, awesome, right? Ready to hit the ground running. If he saw fit to let that last seven days, 90% of the people sitting in hospitals would start getting up and unplugging themselves and walking out. Okay. And if it happened for two weeks, we'd have a pandemic collapse of the pharmaceutically driven model of disease care in the world because 80% of all de- Drugs dispensed are to treat the effects of malnutrition and starvation.
0: Yeah, and that's the truth. Hmm.
2: Okay, I'm off my soapbox.
0: No, that's a great uh, (laughs) great analogy. That's really fun. Wouldn't be something. Yeah, but we all have our own uh, cross to bear, right? We all have have our own path to walk, and so that is why so many of us, uh, what works for one person doesn't work for the next person. Right. You know, we try so often to do what the neighbor did and not have the success or a friend or a spouse it's uh, you got to be ready for it it's uh, very interesting and and it's it has become big business to come up with solutions right boy yeah uh, big business wow so we're coming close i i, I want to um, uh, um, <laughs> you know this is so funny because we have an, we have agenda points that we want to discuss and every one of them can take up 10 15 minutes easily uh, we can spend a whole show on it and now I'm sitting over here and said, what are we going to talk about? Because it is so, <laughs>
5: there is
0: so much to discuss. I mean, oh, uh, Dr. Phil, let me ask you then. So what's the difference between muscle testing and applied kinesiology? Can you tell us that in two, two minutes?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> Have a nice weekend, uh, yeah, everybody. are yeah, yeah. out here. Uh, I'll, I'll give it my best shot, though. So <laughs> yeah, Just a um, rough. Yeah, so, so applied kinesiology is a system of diagnosis that uh, looks at not just what a muscle is doing. It looks at how that muscle is functioning within the whole system. A muscle test, when you're just pushing on a muscle, is just that, pushing on a muscle. And it's what that muscle tells us with its response that can mean something and we have to look at the whole person when we're doing muscle testing in order to really understand the purpose and and the meaning behind what's actually happening and if we don't do that then it's just you know pushing on an arm and that doesn't get you anywhere in health and that's where muscle testing gets a bad name from.
0: I see. No, that's where applied kinesiology gets a bad name from. Yes. Right, because muscle testing, everybody thinks that you know what right, you're doing. Right, mm-hmm. huh?
1: Yeah. So, so muscle testing within applied kinesiology is much more of a uh, just a, a diagnostic procedure, just like doing a, a reflex hammer test on a knee, or taking a temperature, or you know, listening to a, you know a heart, or taking a blood pressure. It's just telling more of the story about what's happening within that person.
0: I see. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. So it is much deeper, more layers. Now, you were talking earlier about layers and how you unpeel the onion. Uh, Melissa was mentioning that. Is it so that you can go as deep as you want to go in one session to find out what the original problem is, or will you keep hitting the one that needs to be addressed first?
1: Well, what's happening is as you walk into the practice, you're just a, a, a series of adaptations that have happened to you over your lifetime. Correct. So we have to look at what those adaptations are doing. So if you have high blood pressure because you're under stress, we need to, you know, understand that we need to bring those stressors down. Yeah. And, you know, when you walk in as that series of adaptations, what we do is unwind those adaptations as best we can to get you to your homeostasis or your most optimal state of being for right now and sometimes it can happen quickly or sometimes it takes two or three years but you know it's always that start of the process to get you going back to homeostasis and balance that's most important
0: all right well on that note thanks for being here today i loved it thank you for having me you're very welcome dr phil cameron melissa Humner. thank you you bet uh becca thank you thanks for being here dr dan always a pleasure coming see you next week saturday thanks for listening.